If you feel overwhelmed, you're not alone. The average American has just 34 minutes of free time daily and is putting off 14 to 20 important tasks every single day. Plus, we get hit with 34 gigabytes of information daily. That's the equivalent of reading 177 newspapers every day. If you're like most people, you're busy, you're tired, and your most important long-term goals are suffering because of it. If you can relate, stay tuned, because today we're talking about how to stay focused, productive, and motivated. This is the Kingdom Builders Academy podcast with tips, tools, and biblical truth to build your brand, business, or ministry. If you're a Christian speaker, writer, coach, or entrepreneur, this is the podcast you've been praying for. Get ready to increase your impact, income, and influence. Here are your hosts, the mother, her son, and his wife doing business, ministry, and life to shape the culture for Christ. Tamara Lowe, Zach Lowe, and Jillian Lowe. Let's go. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Kingdom Builders Academy podcast. We've got a good topic today. This is one of my favorites, how to stay focused, productive, and motivated. There's a lot in there. We got a lot to cover. So Coach Tam, kick us off. Yeah, I sure will. Well, like we said in the introduction, there's just so much going on in our lives. Our lives are so busy that it really is an exercise in self-discipline to keep yourself focused on your priorities and to prioritize your purpose. And so today we're speaking to a lot of public speakers, a lot of writers, coaches, influencers, ministers, business owners. You've got a lot on your plate. So I want to tell you that one of the strategies that is the best when you're feeling kind of like scattered and too many things are pulling on you. It's the best strategy, I believe, and, and thankfully it's also the easiest, but I'm gonna start with what you don't wanna do, okay? So what you don't wanna do when you're feeling overwhelmed is you don't wanna beat yourself up. That is never going to help anything. That is not gonna get things done better and faster. It's just gonna make you feel bad about yourself. So what I think is the best strategy also happens to be the easiest strategy and that is to put yourself in an environment where there are motivated, focused, productive people. If you just get around them, you're going to realign your priorities toward your purpose. And think about it like if you've ever felt like, I don't want to work out, I'm not really feeling up to it, I don't really feel energized, but I'm just going to get myself in the doors of the gym or I'm just going to get myself on the bicycle. I'm going to get myself on the walking trail. And then other people are walking and jogging around you and you kind of pick up on their energy a little bit. And soon that feeling is gone. So I think it's really important to be in an environment. And if you're not right now, if you're trying to do this stuff on your own, if you're trying to grow a business on your own, if you're trying to write a book on your own, it's an isolated experience, but you can put yourself around motivated, experienced authors and you can pick up a lot on on their energy. So um, I have a lot more to share, but I want to pass off to you, Sonny Bunny. What do you think? You're you're eternally motivated, Sonny Bunny. If you as are. as her husband, she is like she's she doesn't have a lot of like lethargy down days. I mean, obviously everybody has some some, but honey, how do you stay like ninety percent of the time pretty energetic and motivated? Then mints and. <laughs> Um, well, 
at coffee and cookies. You know, actually, I was was going to to say a couple of things that I see. One, in what I see in Coach Zach's life every single day, um, because, you know, how can I say this in a nice way? Oh, you don't need to. We can handle it. Some of us say it. Some of us have like hard deadlines, like the plane is leaving. The rocket is taking off. Um, These are things that are like for real, for real. Coach Zach has like for real, for real deadlines. Okay. Whether it's writing copy, ads that have to be submitted, proofed and approved, launches that's got to be launched and meetings that have to be had and all the things and all the words and all the ways. And I sometimes am like, wow. And I just want to go like fold laundry or eat a cookie because it's just so overwhelming. But I was thinking about my mother-in-law who wrote a New York Times bestselling book. That's right, folks. Get motivated. And she talks about something called motivational DNA. And I have read this book myself a number of times. And I was just thinking about the currency in which different people are motivated differently. And I'm really hoping that she's going to be talking about that momentarily because it seems a little silly, doesn't it, to have the New York Times bestselling author right here and then for me to be teaching out of it. So she will do that. However, what I love about Zachy, Coach Zach, is that he understands that like little carrots along the way that he can look forward to bridge the gap between like, okay, I'm going to start my morning. I'm going to get the, he knows his best working hours. So he leans in to the best part of the day when he's going to be the most productive, but he can't just go three, four, five, six hours. But what I do see him do is, hey, you know what? I know what's going to get the endorphins going. I know what's going to help me lean in and shake anything that's the ick that sticks. I'm going to go on a walk. I'm going to do a little workout. And I see him routinely with discipline Pull himself away. He could write one more email. He could write a little more copy. That brilliant brain of his could just keep on spinning. Right. But he stops himself. Honey, what? You're talking about what I do to stay motivated and what Pam wrote about to stay motivated. What do you do, honey? You're motivated. You're energetic. What do you do? It's such a big witness to me, though. I love watching you like do so good and have so many wins. Well... This is an interesting thing. What do I do to stay motivated? I do live in a perpetual state of of motivation. I pray in tongues a lot. I worship a lot. But for me, it's all about the prep and prime. I'm I'm real big on the OG, and that's the HG. That's the Holy Ghost. I'm real big on the OG. And the original for me is like, find your nearest carpet and get face down in it. Like, that's my favorite jam. Like, if you can just get face planted in the carpet and say, Holy Spirit, come surrender it all back to him on the regular, and you give your agenda, you give it all back, and you say, lead me and guide me, that's usually my how I stay motivated. That's how I I, I want to always stay productive because sometimes I do lean more into the cookies and the coffee, but I am motivated to press on. I press on daily, just like that suitcase that was there for three months on the floor. Yeah, I don't just point. See, now this is why we have Zach. It's like he, he reins us in. He brings us back to the topic. And that was awesome. He pulled out the best of you there. I love that. Great. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah, no, it's it's fun this whole dynamic of mom, son, wife, because we do get to to see each other and how we each operate. And we're different. We're actually like all pretty different. 
um, and the way that we do things. So I'll go into one thing that that I think really helps me stay focused, productive, and motivated. They all kind of jam jam together for me. Um, and there's good days and bad days, right? Like there's there's days where I just am on it and am ready to go and firing on all cylinders. And there's there's days where uh, I'm not. But I'll tell you what is a structural thing, like kind of a structural strategic thing, really big picture that helps me day to day is a concept in, in Sunny Bunny, beautiful wife, prep and prime. Like that's an amazing strategy, right? So if you can pull prep and prime from what Jillian does, and the thing I'll share is strategic planning. And if you can pull these these things from from each of us that are kind of our our own little things that we're drawn to. And strategic planning is something that, you know, you can do once a quarter, a couple times a year and revisit regularly. But when you get a strategic plan, and I'll tell you how I do this, there's really three components to it. When you have a strategic plan to guide you in the direction that you want to go, it's something that you get excited about, right? When you've got a, a clear vision and a clear strategy to get there and clear steps to, to execute that strategy, that's the kind of thing that you can wake up knowing what I need to do. I know this week, this month, this season, what do I need to do to go in the direction of my dreams, to accomplish my vision? So I want to just quickly give the three steps to strategic planning. Number one is vision, is getting really clear on what is your vision. And this could be like pretty exhaustive. And I, I do this a lot in a business setting, but you could do it around your health, around your relationships, around your faith. This is something I think that you could take to each of those areas, but I'll use business as an example. What's the vision, right? Which is really just, what are the goals? What do I want to see in 10 years? Like, what is the 10-year vision? What do I want to see accomplished in the earth? How many people do I want to reach? What is the revenue, the profit look like? What are some of the lifestyle goals? What are some of the ministry goals? Like, paint a beautiful vision. Like, if you want something that's going to keep you motivated and energized and focused, have a really compelling vision, a vision that like you feel like if you are drawn to your vision, if you are drawn to your goals, that's something that you're going to get excited about. Like that's one of the times I feel most enthusiastic in business is thinking about the, vi the vision. Once we've got a clear vision, and that could be 10, 20 things, right? Like what are the top 10 goals you have? Bullet point it. Then what's the strategy? And strategy is something that the simpler, the better, right? You can have 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 goals, but you cannot have 10, 20, 30 point strategy, right? Like you've got to have like a big two or a big three where if, if I can execute on these big things, it's going to accomplish a goal. Like for example, for, for kingdom builders with us, it's get clients, serve clients, that's basically the strategy, right? There's two things that we do and it's like 50-50. And in seasons, it's maybe more like 80-20 serving or 75, um, you know, on the marketing side. But ultimately, it's two things. It's get clients, serve clients. That's our strategy. You know, if we do a good job getting clients, we're going to have the cash flow to invest in serving our clients. And if we serve our clients at a really high level, that's going to make it easier to get clients, right? It's this like really like natural cycle. The better we do at getting clients, the more we're going to be able to invest in serving clients. The better we serve our clients, the easier it's going to be to get clients, 
that's our strategy, right? We could expand on it and, you know, have some strategic initiatives, but that's really where we get to the third point. So vision, strategy to accomplish the vision. And then the third thing is projects. Make a list of what are the projects that I could do? And this is kind of a two-part, 3A and 3B. What are the list of projects that I could do? All the projects from, I could start a YouTube channel. I could run Facebook ads. I could do this launch. I could create this offer. I could do this thing for my members. I could do a retreat. I could bring in a coach. There is an infinite number of projects. I promise you, there is an infinite number of projects. So what you've got to do is you've got to have a could do list and a will do list. So once we go from vision to strategy to projects, do write down all the projects that you could do and then pull like two or three. What are the projects that I will do over the course of the next three to six months? And and put everything else in line. You know, like you can have a pipeline of projects, but I, I promise you the the list of could do projects is endless. So identify like circle three that I'm gonna do this year that are my will do projects. And having that kind of strategic plan, having that kind of strategic planning framework and getting really clear on that and then being committed to it and being consistent with it. That's to me where I, if I feel clear and I don't feel overwhelmed, that is naturally going to create energy and productivity and focus and motivation. So that's like a, a kind of first principles thing for me is have a strategic plan, be clear on the vision, be clear on the strategy, and then have your all your all the projects you could do and identify the ones you will do and commit to that plan and be consistent with that plan and revisit it. And it's going to bring you focus and motivation and allow you to actually be productive, which is productive is like moving the ball forward. It's not being busy. It's like actually making progress. So that was a, a lot, but that's just such an important thing to me in staying focused, productive and motivated is having a strategic plan. I want to piggyback on that for a second and teach you something that Zig Ziglar taught to me. But before I do that, I just want to preface it by saying that that our gifts and callings are never going to go away. If you feel if you feel led to be a public speaker or to write a book or or to be an influencer, that's a calling of God on your life. And if you don't do it, it's it's not going to go away. So before you can um, stand under your calling, you have to understand your calling. And here's how Jesus put it. He said that to whom much is given, much is required. Not much is requested. Not much is requested. Mm-hmm. It's required. It's required that we do our calling. Mm-hmm. And so we have to prioritize our purpose. And, and what Zig Ziglar taught me that I think is just such a simple strategy that anybody can do is once you've done that list, like Zach was saying, and you've got a few things that you say, these are my high priority projects, take your paper calendar. And if you don't have one, start using one. I know it's it's very handy to have everything on the phone. I do that too, but I also have a paper calendar. And at the top of the calendar, write those two or three things. Write those two or three things that you're going to be focused on this month. These are the things I'm doing this month. And then every day, you're going to write in the little box of today's date what you did toward one of those goals. You're going to write, you know, maybe I spent 30 minutes working on my book, or maybe I put together a speech or an ad campaign or whatever it happens to be, but you're going to do something each day. And if you don't, you write nothing in capital letters, nothing, and then you circle it. Okay. 
And can I tell you, that's very motivating. You won't want to see a lot of nothings on your calendar. And that's a that's a very simple strategy. Anybody can do it. And it will move you incrementally towards your goals. I told somebody the other day, I don't mind getting to my goals incrementally. That's fine with me. I don't need all the wins all at once. But we've got to be doing something to create forward progress. Oh, wait, can I say one thing about can say more than one thing? Okay, but I just have this one thing right now. So we had been gone on a trip and the weather was cold and the weather was snowy. And we don't have we live in a small, like a small ish condo. And so there's not like a lot of room for clothes. So I went to the storage unit and I got out all the cold things like the big jackets and the scarves and the hats and the gloves and all the things that you would wear. We went on the trip, had a lovely time. We came back and (laughs) I had my big suitcase and it had so much stuff. I mean, it had all the things, all the cold weather things. And and it was it was jam packed. Okay, it was jam. We got the picture. You are you are drowning in woolly mittens. I am drowning in woolly mittens. And I bring the suitcase up. Because it also had a lot of my everyday clothes. So I needed to sort it all out and then I needed to reorganize it and I needed to pack it and put it away. But because every time I looked at the suitcase, I got the heebie-jeebies about even dealing with it. I love how my husband nods his head. Yep. So I would walk by it daily. And you know what I would tell myself? And this is in direct correlation to what you shared. I said, well, I don't have the time today to do all of that. I don't have the time. I don't have the time to sort through all the things and all the ways and fold and this goes to the dry cleaners and this should be washed and repack it and sort it and put the little the little things that smell good like cedar to keep it from rotting and dusting and mothballs or whatever. I don't have time for that. Who's got time for that? And I said, but when I do, when I have like three hours, I'm all in. I'm going to be the organizing queen. People are going to call me when they have luggage put away problems and I'm going to be their girl. But instead, because I did not accept the fact that, well, maybe you could just pull all of the everyday clothes out today, you know, and just eliminate at least 30% of it. No, I didn't do that. I didn't accept that incremental progress is, in fact, progress. And instead, months and months went by, and then one day it swallowed me whole. And then I was buried in my suitcase for like five hours. But I did do it. But I would say, The enemy of progress is to deny process because sometimes progress is a process. It takes time and you eat an elephant one bite at a time. I don't eat elephants. Please don't write me an email. I'm just saying, metaphorically speaking, usually projects are a process, requires process, and it takes time. So little wins are still wins. And when you add them all up, you get V for victory. I love it. I think that, you know, again, people, so much of what we talk about, I feel like we come back to it a lot, is knowing yourself, right? Is like really figuring out how do I operate? How am I motivated? How am I most productive? And I think that there are people that are the, you know, kind of sledgehammer people that I'm just going to get it all done. I'm going to get it all done right now, right? If I've got to write a book, I'm going to just block off two weeks and I'm going to write 200,000 words in two weeks. Other people are more of the, you know, day by day. You know, if I got to write a book, I'm going to take six months and I'm going to write 300 words a day. 
right? I thought I was actually the like, get it all done right now. But as I've spent more time running a business and, and just being in the flow of life and business and family, I am much more of a steady, steady as we go. You know, like, let's take it a little bit at a time. Let's make a little bit of a little, little bit of progress and be patient with it. Be patient with it. It's one of those things that especially, I think we all get that, you know, and I saw it, I saw it in the chat and that's actually why I was shaking my head is that when you've got a big thing to do, it's just overwhelming. And it's so easy to get paralyzed. I know that like all three of us here have that. Yeah. That if you've got just too much to do, it's it's the easiest thing is to do nothing. It's just like, I can't touch that. I can't open that. It's too big of a thing. I'm, I gotta go do something else, yeah. right? So to just accept and come to terms with, I'm just gonna, even if I only get 1% of it done, even if I only get 2% of it done, right? If I get 2% of it done Monday through Friday, at the end of the week, I'll be 10% done. And that's a lot better than 0%, right? And you can actually feel good about it versus like having anxiety at the end of the week that I didn't even touch the big thing that I was supposed to do this week. A hundred percent right. Zachary, do you remember when I took you and your little brother, Andrew, rock climbing? Do you remember this? I have a very vivid memory of it. So we went to this uh, rock climbing place. Uh, they had walls inside with three stories and you had these little pegs that you climbed up and both my boys scurried up to the top, rung the bell and scurried back down. And I'm like three feet off the ground and they're like, come on, mom, you can do it. You can do it. And so and I'm I'm feeling like I'm, my my hands are sweating right now talking about it. Um, and I was like, okay, I don't, I don't want to be the dorky mom. So I've got to get up to that bell. And what I discovered was that when I was, I don't, you don't look down. Okay. That's, that's a bad strategy for rock climbing. So when I looked down, I felt like I was going to pass out. I felt my knees getting weak. I felt lightheaded and I made my way to the top. I rang the bell. I rappelled down. Everybody celebrated. And I thought, I am never doing that again. Now, some people would say that that is a fear of heights. I don't think it's a fear of heights. I think it's a fear of falling. That's the problem. I'm afraid I'm going to fall. I'm afraid I'm going to fail, right? And I think so many people get paralyzed partly because of overwhelm, but there's also this voice of the enemy that's telling them, you can't get to the top. You can't do that. This is not for you. And there's a fear of failing. There's a fear of falling. But here's the thing about fear is that if you don't face your fears, you're never going to find out what's on the other side of them. And the only way to get to where you want to go, to where God is calling you to go, to the promised land that God has for you, that vision that you constantly see and that you desire to do is to face down the giant of fear. And so that can be something that really stops people from being productive and focused and motivated is this, this back burner fear of falling or fear of failing. But I can't tell you that fear is really nothing. It's really nothing. I was thinking yesterday, I was driving through Garden of the Gods and I love the, the patterns of the clouds on the mountain, seeing the shadows. It's just so spectacular. And I was thinking about that scripture where where the psalmist says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, and I was just meditating on that and thinking about, but it's not death. 
it's not death. He's not walking through the valley of death. It's the shadow of death. And that's the way that fear is. It's a paper tiger. It's a shadow, but it's not real. And so in order for us to stay focused, motivated, and productive, we are going to have to accept the fact there is a big giant called fear, and we're going to have to push past him. We're going to have to defy him and do the things that we're called to do in spite of the opposition. Amen. Amen. Good word. All right. We ready to wrap here or any final thoughts from anyone? That was a good good word to end on, Coach Tam. So we'll wrap there. Awesome episode. Love this topic. Bless you guys. Have a great week. We'll see you back next week on the KBA podcast. Bye, everybody. Hi, this is Tamara Lowe, founder of Kingdom Builders Academy, here with a free gift for you, our loyal podcast listener. We're giving away free copies of my newest book, On Purpose, How to Find, Fund, and Fulfill Your Purpose. You can download your free copy right now at onpurposebook.com. That's www.onpurposebook.com. Thanks for tuning in to the Kingdom Builders Academy podcast today. Join us again for our next exciting episode.